foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator, and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett. Hey there, it's Danny Hammett, and I got Katie on the other line. And Katie Bowman. Katie Bowman is here. I got a question for you. Okay. Ready? All right. Yes. Off the hip. I'm cooking you pancakes for breakfast. What shape would you like me to pour your pancake in? You're cooking your pancakes off your hip? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the question's shooting off the hip. Okay. Why, you should pour them in the shape of testicles, obviously. That I can do. That's just <laughs> balls. No problem. Balls. Two weeks ago, oh, it was a little, little less than two weeks ago, there's an awesome article in the Toronto Sun that somebody sent us. Um, about New York City's MTA, the Metropolitan Transit Authority, they're taking on manspreading. I didn't even know what manspreading was. I did was. not either. I did not. I had an idea. It's pretty pretty clear, but it is exactly like it sounds. I looked up manspreading, and it is exactly what you would think, right? Yeah. You're sitting on a public transportation or in a, a folding chair in a conference or something, and if you're a guy, 
your legs are just kind of sprawled open. You're letting the boys breathe. That is manspreading, but I guess if you're a little old lady on the subway with groceries and that's taking up a seat, you know, that's kind of an issue. So let's relate this to our last podcast we did wherein we talked about breasts. They're talking about things that hang off us, but it's from a guy's perspective now. It's the ball show. It's the ball show. All right. Bring it. All right. So... We talked about last show the the natural loads that are interfered with when we strap down our our sweater puppies. So let's talk about the loads down there for guys. And since you don't have a penis, Katie, and I don't have a penis, we kind of have to rely on the gentlemen around us, the boys around us. I know that that you don't do comment sections, and I typically don't either, but I did want to find out what men had to say about this manspreading. Did you go through the comment sections in that article? I never never read the comment section. I did. And I wanted to know what the boys had to say about this whole manspreading thing. And it was funny because women commented and all said, well, it's about dominance. But the men themselves, the ones who are doing the spreading and have the testicles and the penises, most of them said they just want to air out the equipment. And one guy pretty astutely noted, and I never even thought about this, and I guess it's because I don't have testicles. But he said it takes very little pressure for one's testicles to feel uncomfortable. And depending on how far one's balls hang down, it might be necessary to do the spread just so that you're not screaming and having tears come out of your eyes when you're sitting down. So all that, like, it's like getting kicked in the balls is just one large magnitude application of what they're feeling all day long <laughs> by their underwear. I, and I, I, and I like no to point point. out, it's kind of funny, like, so they're sweater puppies, boobs are sweater puppies, but no man would ever call their balls like boxer puppies. Boxer puppies, no, but they can call them kerbangers or the hanging brain or, you know, junk. <laughs> Wait, here's my favorite, manjiglies. <laughs> Those all have, like, such nice names where, like, I like all women's dangling names sound weird. But anyway, okay, so, yes, yeah, so is manspreading necessary, right? Is that a well, good question? And also, I mean, I guess testicles matter is what I want to say. They do. They matter. They matter so much. Yeah. They matter so much to the human race. They do. In a way, it's kind of like... But it's kind of weird. Like, to say a man has got to keep his legs together... Like the, it's kind of weird to say it's a sign of dominance. So what is a woman like keeping her legs together a sign of? Like, why can't you just put your, why can't you just put your body however you want? Why can't you just be comfortable? Why don't you just be comfortable? Why Why does everyone have to be uncomfortable for the sake of, of something that doesn't even exist? These rules. Yeah. I, I started karate and the women, when we, when we kneel, the men are allowed to spread their knees apart. The women are not. And this chagrins me and my daughter to no end because it's not comfortable for me to put my knees you know it's just sure. when you're kneeling it's it's weird but um yeah i guess but you got to be a lady you know yeah. that's one of the requirements of karate is that yeah, you're a you lady got to be a lady before you <laughs> kick somebody but so testicles matter they do let's, let's talk about <laughs> we know why they matter but let's talk about the loads that are created when a guy goes commando everybody know what commando is that's mm-hmm. another military term for your balls <laughs> <laughs> see that's cool there's trust me there are some very unpleasant terms i'm keeping okay. them off the air so don't okay, feel nice. don't feel out like your nose out of joint about this what happens when we bring a tidy whities or compression shorts when they come into the picture yeah well i um, guess again it's part of the natural load it's the natural load stuff right it's in movie or dna um, the book that it we're just is. talking like, what's the natural loads to the body? It's not just your exercise for your arms and your legs. You have to think about like, what what kind of load altering habits do you have? Sitting down in a chair all day is certainly load altering to your body and putting on underwear every day is load altering to your junk. 
like it's just pretty simple and when you talk like so in the breast show we talked about you've got suspensory structures that that adapt to the weight of structures that that are your support your support structures and that the way that they stay strong is by indeed having to do something and you've outsourced the work of your breast support to your bra and in the same way you could be outsourcing the work of the support structures to your underwear but even more importantly i think to men is that unlike the breasts which don't which don't change that aren't lowered away from and closer to your body your balls and i just prefer balls to testicles i just like the word balls your balls are moved away from you and brought closer to you based on the temperature within them so they are doing an essential uh process so if you've ever been in really cold water right there's a a muscle called your cremaster that will pull them way up close to your body to help them stay warm, right? Also known as shrinkage. Yes. But it's not really shrinkage. Yeah. Yeah, right? So it's like it's your body is pulling them close to protect the mechanism of what's happening inside. So it'd be nice. And so it can also let them drop away from you to prevent that from being too hot, right? So you've got thermal control. You actually have a, a thermal a muscle that is responsible for thermal control that is rendered disabled if you're always wearing clothing that keeps them up close to your body, regardless of what their biological need for the appropriate temperature is. So that's, I mean, to me, that's why um, why going commando is perhaps helpful, you know, is that, you, that you've got muscles that are become detrained by by putting on something that keeps a muscle from moving apart well, from moving. just move, move that to a different part of your body. I mean, if you said that, if you, if you put your right arm in a sling for a year, think about... Or 25, or 25, or 25 years. You know, what would happen to that if you could not use that arm? Of course, yeah. it would atrophy and, and all this stuff would happen. So it's, I think, fascinating to remind us about that, the Cremaster yeah. and what it does and that yeah. it serves a purpose. Yeah. And then again, like to to extrapolate that to the bigger idea of alignment and movement is that muscle's job isn't only to move your balls. By moving your balls, that muscle also keeps the area around it healthy because packed in organically with movement of muscles is other health making things for your body. So we talk about cellular feeding, right? Your all of the trillions of cells in your body need to eat oxygen and they need their waste cleaned up when they're done. But the oxygen delivery system is really based on muscle use. So if you have a habit that has been compromising a particular muscle's work, you prevent you've been preventing it from contracting and relaxing and contracting and relaxing. And you might say, well, what's like what's the big deal? You know, if there if I have a sperm problem or if I have whatever I can get, you know, I can fix that particular problem with medical intervention. It's like, well, packaged in with that natural load of moving, contracting and relaxing and contracting and relaxing is also all of the movements that keeps that whole area of your body fed. So you can have Mm. malnourished cells local to that area as well. And so with the rise of, of testicular 
issues, you know, specifically cancers and, and looking at like what's happening locally to that area that we can particularly, that's easy, that's easy to fix, that has very little cost, you know, I mean, like cost in terms of your time or, or money, like those are the solutions that we should start exploring specifically in this in the light of mechanotransduction and that how 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 cancer is is responsive to loads in that it can undo it or make it, you know. So I, I just like to talk about going commando for many reasons. It's good. And because I'm not a guy and I don't have balls, I get to ask my guy friends these questions, which is a super fun part of my job. And one of the questions, well, when I asked, you know, how come you don't go commando? One of the answers was, well, I don't want balls hanging down to my knees. So it was the same kind of thing as for breasts with yeah. women and breasts. Yes. Yeah. You know, they think they need that support. The other one, and I had thought about this a while back, is just say 300, 400 years ago, some guy's going commando. He's probably got some nice buckskin pants on instead of Levi's with a button fly. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the the load on that's got to feel uncomfortable. I'm trying to get what you're saying. Are you talking about that there's actually buttons there pushing on well, the penis? There's, or just, you know, clothes that are uncomfortable pushing sure. on the penis. I mean, you know, underwear provides a measure of protection to our modern clothing Correct. choices. Correct. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and so I myself, not having a penis, but I go commando a lot. I also get to walk around in yoga pants all the time. You know, I mean, it's just I don't go commando if I'm wearing jeans. Well, and that's, you know, that's. I think that that's a really good point. With, with all of this stuff, when you talk about natural loads, like I'm just trying to highlight that there is a, a problem with your natural loads, that you're not having the biological experience to your cells that you would have and questioning also how much you should have. Like, what is the relationship right. between these loads and disease? But the second thing is, well, it's also unnatural to have friction all of all of the time or or pressure that underwear themselves. It'd be interesting to know the the root of underwear. I don't know. I don't know where underwear came from, but you know, there, it's obviously um, could have to do with hygiene. It could have to do with like comfort, like you're saying before. If you're, I'm thinking about 100, 200, 300 years ago, you don't have 12 pairs of pants that you kick off and wash and then yeah. put back on clean sure. pants, right? So underwear became perhaps a way to get more uses out of your pants. You could wash something small. It took less work and less water and then weren't putting, you know, bacteria right back up against your body right. and openings into your body, right? I'm thinking of like the urethra. I always, every time I say urethra, I always think of <laughs> like urethra Franklin. Sorry. So I just think that, I think that there it's going commando isn't necessarily for many reasons that, that you always have to go. If something came to be, it's probably for a good reason. So I imagine that in a time where you only had a single pair of pants or two, it was probably healthier for you to wear underwear because, you know, having an, uh, uh, an infection, what am I trying to say? An UTI, right? Having right. A, a urinary tract infection, you could die from that where the chances of you having the low accumulation of loads from not letting your your underwear hang down would be something that would be take such a long time to accumulate. Um, but in the times where we're living longer and don't have to worry about things like hygiene, then it's time to revisit old practices that solved a problem at one time that are no longer really necessary, mm -hmm. that were that were really important to the success of the population at one time, but now become a hindrance to that same population in light of new technologies. Right. Underwear is a technology. Yes. Soap is a technology. And, and this is hard to find 
mean, nobody's researching underwear very much. So if anybody has any awesome stuff they can send me about that, I would love that. And two, we're just kind of right off the whole balls thing. It's just like the, I never the health write of off it. Balls. Yeah, but it's just, it's hard to find. It's yeah. like yeah. like I find all these these sites, you know, about liberating your breasts, but not not one. Yeah. Not one about, there was like the Ten Commandments of going commando. That's the best thing I could find. And it was, you know, it was more of a a cultural thing. So I'm fascinated by this. Well, what what I find really interesting, so, um, you know, we talked about bras last time. And then also, as you know, and probably everyone listening knows, like I'm a, I'm pelvic health in general is where is my graduate work, right? That's, that's my, if I have a specialty, that is it, you know, because I spent more time researching there than anything else. And if you think that women's pelvic health has been under considered, and it absolutely has, it's, it's, it's really exploding in the last few years. But in general, it's been just hugely neglected. Men's pelvic health is actually talked about even less, just a bunch of, it just, it really needs to be sorted out because there are just a ton of men who are suffering. And unlike women's pelvic health, where there are places and people are talking about it, you know, it's like, how embarrassing is it to talk about your pelvic issue when you're a woman, you don't want to talk to anyone else about your sex life and your parts that aren't working or that are hurting you. And you're embarrassed to talk about to your doctor. Now imagine from a cultural standpoint, what it's like to be a man to talk about to another man, to your partners, to your family. And, and uh, so men's pelvic health, which is, you know, kind of why we're doing this show is, is just a it's just to start talking about it. It's, just, it's like, let's just, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about it a lot so that people who are out there can, to not feel so stressed and isolated, you know, that there are, there are many things, you know, you, you go to search it and you don't find anything about the balls as far as like, what could I do right now for a healthier environment nothing. that there's nothing, nothing. No. I was very frustrated. And that conversation is good. I mean, people talk about their spleens and, and their diabetes. So let's just talk about our pelvic floor issues too. Yeah. Why let's not? Talk about it's just the body part, folks. Let's talk about our balls. Balls like, and boobs, boobs and balls. It's balls. It's just a body part. It is. It's not yeah. even just a body part. It's a super, super, super important body part. Like it's not a thumb. Like the thumb is important, but your balls are hugely important. And hugely. pelvic discomfort, <laughs> like huge. <laughs> Let the ball puns begin. Oh. Yes, they're greatly important. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and any male listeners you want to weigh in on this, please, you know, you could just email me privately or I just, I'm so curious about this. And you said weigh in private. I just think those were, those were good. I want to call out those oh, puns. Like they're fantastic. You. You're I love sharp. Ballparks. You're sharp today. Um, oops. Um, that's not oh, good. No, no. It's, okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Uh, question. Do you <laughs> ask me <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to phrase this so little kids going commando one of the concerned questions about this was desensitizing their penis and that being a bad thing like i was just talking about genes making it hard for a modern man to go commando right because he's not used to brushing up against anything because i guess i'm just curious what about would that happen naturally for a little boy if he's running around in the wild all the time would he have any less sensitivity I don't even know what I'm trying to ask. (laughs) Maybe the question is just, what about little kids in clothes? And I don't know if it's any different than than adults. It's any different than. I don't know if it's any adults, but it's the same thing. You know, you. Mm. I have a little boy. I have a three and a half year old boy, and he's the same. He wears clothes when he wants to, and he doesn't when he wants to. 
how constant friction against your penis is also not natural, right? You can't do a half step natural argument. So, so it's the same thing for an adult. I don't know where, I don't know how to make that decision for everybody or how to make recommendations. All I know is as for my sons, you know, light testicles. Oh, you know, actually I do. I have a what what I recommended was why not a boxer, right? All little kids stuff is briefs mm-hmm. where it has more support. A boxer doesn't really have support. So a boxer could be something that gave you a little bit of protection from the friction of your clothes plus mobility. That all being said is you're still rubbing up against whatever material, like you're still rubbing up against right. your underwear. The purpose of holding it down though, so that it doesn't move around. So I don't know, just go, just don't put any pants on ever. <laughs> yeah, That is, no that pants. is the, like, that's the, like, I don't know how else to, ma- I don't, I can't make a recommendation <laughs> other than saying like natural loads to your penis include not wearing pants, maybe a leaf. Wow. Maybe a loincloth. I'm behind that 100%. And also, what would the Scottish say, right? You wore a kilt. Yeah. You still got something rubbing against you, lass. Not, um, if it's a, not if it's got pleats. Not if it's pleats. Like, you know, we have kilts here, and all the men folk wear kilts in our family. Not exclusively, but... Ah, uh, Washington. No, no kilts here. No. <laughs> no. There's not a big Montana kilt population. Uh, and there's a huge Scottish population too, but no, no kilts. Not that I've seen. I'd, I'd like to see a kilt walking down the street. Hard to conceal your weapon. Ah, that's uh, another penis joke. Maybe. Uh, I don't know about that one, but it was, it was pretty good. So we were just griping that there's nothing really about ball health out there. Something you could do right now. But do you have something that you can offer up right now? You got a ball stretch in your pocket? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of my one of my favorite uh, just uh, groin health moves is to stand next to like a kitchen chair or something is a kitchen chair is probably a good height. Or if you're in your office right now, the the seat of your um, desk chair and just stay without without using your hands to help hoist up your leg, lift up your leg to see if you can get the foot to rest on the seat of the chair. Right? Do you have an office chair right now where you are? Uh, let me pull it. I don't use it, but hold on. I set yeah. stuff on it. Okay. So if you just pick it up and you put it on there and then you let your foot rest and then you just kind of just bend your standing leg a little bit and you can sink down in there. It's just a nice, it's a nice hip stretch. It's just anything that's tight in the groin or in the hip itself. You might actually have a hard time because you have a lot of tension, not you, but people listening, getting the leg up at all without physically um, using the other hand or going very fast, right? You want a slow lift to the other side. Yeah, slow try lift, not which, to counterbalance, huh? Yeah, and try not to and try not to use momentum to overcome the tension. So it's just a nice. I think of um, who, who's the what's the alcohol like the where the guy's always standing with one leg up. Is it Captain Morgan? Like he's always putting his his leg up on something. I don't know. I think I don't so. know he's my alcohol. He's a pirate. He is yeah, a pirate. pirates do this. They stand like this all the time. No, it's like, arr. You know, you just kind of do that. And so it's a, maybe you should ride on the subway like this. Instead of man spreading, you get to stand up and put one foot on the seat. And then no one can say that you're taking up too much space. Right. And be like, you can actually, sit on other side of my leg. And you're letting the boys breathe because, you know, boys I'm, the boys are breathing. My girl boys are breathing. This is good. This is a good stretch. I like it. So, and it's doable. Yeah, it is doable. I had a question about, <laughs> you know, manspreading being necessary, but I guess you answered it in the beginning. It's really just you should be allowed to be comfortable, you know, as long as you're not keeping somebody who needs a seat from a seat or invading anybody's body bubble, you should just be comfortable whether you're a man or a woman. Well, the question, I mean, well, the question of social etiquette I can't speak to, but is temper <laughs> is, is temp what I can speak to is temperature and pressure control is necessary. 
So if you are in pants and an underwear, a man spread might be the thing that you do to counterbalance all of that. So to tell a man that society requires him to wear underwear and pants and keep his legs together, it's like, come on. It's just like, what's, what is going on? Like, what is going on right now? I don't know. I just, I just find that that's, it's just a, a very heavy burden that we're putting on the body. We demand a lot of sickness of our body for the sake of propriety. Ooh, that was a good one. There you go with that awesome quote generator again. I like, I like that better than your random number generator myself. Um, so 27. No, that was too short. Give me a bigger one. 463. Well done. Asking the gentleman in my life about underwear because I just had a young man, nameless young man, who switched from boxer briefs to just boxers. Just curious. He wanted to try them now that he likes them. So I asked, why do you like them? Was it you got more freedom? And he said a very interesting thing. He said, yeah, it's cooler, but the tension around my thighs is less. And I never even thought about that, you know, with different kinds of underwear. I mean, he doesn't have that pressure and load on his leg. So what about the waistband? You got a waistband, like a waistband cutting into your belly all the time. If you put on your underwear and you see like pressure marks, it's like you've got Mm -hmm. gut pressure. Like you are pushing on your body again, so much more than what is natural for the sake of these things that may or may not be necessary. So does a a man have to worry about having National Geographic balls if he doesn't wear underwear? I don't know. Is there a National Geographic ball? Like, how come no one is busy twittering? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. how come that didn't show up in the issue? (laughs) Yeah, everyone's like, I poured over the National Geographic pictures. And, you know, you talked about that last time, about how everyone's looking at the boobs of National Geographic. It's like, I don't remember anyone pouring over the ball pictures. There there was never any dangling ball pictures in the library in Lewis and Clark Elementary School. Dang it. That's a good point, Katie Bowman. Dangling is dangling. Like, it's a part that's supposed to dangle. Well, yeah. Why do you want it to not move around? Yeah. We're not really we're not really interested in in things wobbling around in the body. Everything's got to be tight and like and moving all as one lump of <laughs> lead. You know, it's like I'm just made of steel and nothing will move. Like I I don't know. I like I like wobbling, dangling things. It's good to be free. And I think also too, you know, I, I was just thinking right now of you know hunting and when you're hunting, you know, I when when you're hunting. You use the wobble and the shape, the movement. I, anyway, use the, the wobble of the balls and the penis to, to, see, to identify a male, right? Oh, like yeah. for me, like that for me, that's an important part of spotting is to know, you know, what type of animal you're going to take. And um, I, I just, I wonder, again, like with the breasts, we talked about that the breasts, part of their wobbliness and their the amount that they hang and move has has a lot to do with the tone of the muscles underneath the fact that you hardly do anything with your arms so i wonder yes if we think about the balls in a vacuum <laughs> if we think about the balls in a vacuum that that they have this shape of either being up high or down low without considering of what is the tone of all of the muscles in in the adductors, in the abdomen, and how would the shape of the balls be affected if you, in fact, had better whole body alignment and movement practices as a whole over a lifetime? So I just think that it's bigger than underwear. Again, we're talking about what types of movement do you get as a whole, as a whole entire structure that that it's just not about taking off your underwear. It's about looking like, why is my groin so tight that it's like guitar strings, you know, that, that there's, that there are other support systems there that you can be working on. Because again, this is about your health, right? This is about your testicular health. It's not about appearance. 
I mean, it could be about appearance for you. But for me, I'm talking about the health of the cells in the area and the functions in the area. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's a lot to think on. I was going to say it's a lot to chew on, but we don't want to go there. So. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, what are you going to go out and do today? I think I'm going to go out to my obstacle course and play. That sounds good. I'd like to see I, that someday. I'm going to hike my leg up and over something. Yeah. That's a good That's a good strength thing, right? So you're in the chair, right? So you're, you're in this chair with your leg up doing your stretch, which I assume that everyone listening has been doing, you know, for the last 20 minutes since we talked about it. But from this standing, from this position where your foot is up, you know, maybe two feet off of the ground, can you, probably not good if it's on an office chair, but can you press that leg down and stand up onto one leg on the chair? Wow. I'll have to go out and try that on a stump in the backyard or something. Yeah. Right. So like that, there is talking about like all of the muscles in that area without, you know, you also have to look at how much do you have to really use momentum and use use all of the other muscles besides the muscles of the groin and the hamstring of that leg. Because you, you'll be able to do it, but it, it's, it's about doing it more with a particular region and less with others. So anyway, just something to, something to play with. Something to play with. <laughs> something to play with for the ball show. Oh, as always, that was a pleasure. That was fun. <laughs> love it. Love the, love the dangling shows. Yep. Dangling bits are important. Just as important as all the other bits. If not more. Well, thank you very much for your time. All right. Well, have a good one. I hope you have an awesome day. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, katiesays.com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. You can learn more about Danny Hammett at moveyourbodybetter.com.